One of the things I have never really focused on in my business was email list building. You know, I've always been this service provider who can only handle so much one-to-one, and the efforts that I put forth have always filled my needs. You know, list building would be my answer to... If you were to start your business over right now, what would you do? You know, I would list build better from the start. You know, in business, we need people to sell our things to, to share our expertise with. But as we talk about so much here, it's about relationships. We are building businesses that stand on relationships. We create and reinforce these relationships in so many ways, from meeting in person, to networking in groups online, to social media and email marketing. Each one of these touch points has its own merits and their own rabbit hole of how-tos and optimization that you can go down. But in the case of email marketing, it's becoming more important than ever to have this line of communication. You know, it's where you can truly be yourself. It's something that you completely own, your email list, right? Your contact list. And the data that you can observe from your email actions gives you great insight into how your audience is responding to you and what you're putting out there. Today, I am joined by Ashley DeLuca, who is widely regarded as the go-to source for all things email marketing for e-commerce and service-based businesses. She has been featured on Thrive, Global, Funnel Magazine, GoDaddy, Mind of George, and many others. And Ashley will be the first to admit that she's obsessed with avocados, sea turtles, and email marketing. You know, the importance of relationship is not lost on Ashley with her approach to the mighty email. We are breaking it down in today's episode so that you can act. We're talking ways to intentionally build your email relationships, and it's not all happening in the inbox. We're talking opt-ins, and she shares a strategy of why a paid opt-in is really a great step. And of course, we address subject lines. Ashley says those are only 50% of the open rate equation. And it's really brilliant when you think about it. I got so much out of this conversation and really just Ashley sharing her perspective with us. The long game is email marketing with Ashley DeLuca. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game is my approach to business, the actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano, and today we are talking emails, emails, emails. We love them. We hate them but they have staying power, right? So today I am joined by Ashley DeLuca, who is widely regarded as the go-to source for all things email marketing for e-commerce and service-based businesses. She is going to answer every question that we have. Welcome, Ashley. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. 
Oh, I am so excited. Like I've got a list of questions that I know we're all like dying to know. So, I mean, we know email marketing is really important and, you know, it's really more important than ever with, you know, the fickle social media algorithms, you know, social media account restrictions and even accounts getting hacked. Like I have a few friends whose accounts were hacked and they were never able to recover them. You know, like sometimes you can get it back, sometimes you can't, right? And that's really the reality of what can happen when you build your business on someone else's platform. So, you know, that's the number one thing about email, right? It's your list. You own it, you're in control of it, and you get to build a way of communication with your audience that works for you. 100%. And I think along with that as well, too, there's a huge piece that, you know, a lot of people are just so comfortable. They're so incredibly comfortable just being on social media and Instagram and Facebook. And it's very much so like a primary focus to focus on building that following because of the credibility and people being able to see your follower count. Since most people can't necessarily see how many email subscribers you have. Oh my gosh, and everybody I, wonders. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, being able to kind of take a look and focus back in regards to with like, listen, your business is not just the number of followers that you have, it's the community and the relationships that you build within it. Totally. And, you know, I, I always tout that, right? It is the relationship. So you can have a small list and be really effective, but it all starts with getting people on your list, right? Like you've got to have an opt-in that's drawing the right people. Like sometimes I even wonder about my own list because I have this podcast, so I have people who listen, but then I also have my services. So I'm always like, you know, how does that work? Like making sure you have the right people on your list. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, it really starts off with, you know, understanding who are you actually targeting? You know, as you mentioned, you're like, okay, cool. I have the podcast. I have my services. Generally speaking, it's going to be a pretty similar target market. They may just be in a different place in their journey to, you know, being the perfect ideal fit. And so where email marketing comes into play is we can actually use it as a way to be able to allow people to raise their hands through either a small offer or even excuse me, a paid opt-in that will then allow for you to be able to take those people. Like when, when you think about it this way, like, you know, within our world, there's so many different people within it, right? So by having a very specific targeted opt-in or small offer that is specific to the result that your ideal client is seeking, it then takes that and pulls it down to just a small pond of people as opposed to a huge ocean. And yeah. that's where you can actually start to be a lot more intentional and get better results with your email when you're just focusing on that small target market and niching down within it. And you don't have to start with a freebie, right? Like your opt-in could be a paid opt-in, right? Oh yeah, totally. You know, for me, I have gone through the process of having lots of different opt-ins and freebies. And as of right now, there are only two ways you can join my email list is by my Instagram link in bio. I have a small, like a form there where I'm just oh, like, cool. hey, if you want to hear from me, like pop into here. And then my top five emails offer. Right. And that's a paid offer. So yep. Right. So that's interesting because that's really getting targeted people onto your list because they're taking out their wallets. And when we're talking about these paid offers, though, you know, for the benefit of the audience, these are low ticket items, right? Mm -hmm. They're $7, 17, 19, whatever it is, right? 27. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, mine is actually $27. And, you know, I've played with all sorts of different price points, all sorts of different things. And that's what works best for me and what makes me feel really good. But one of the things that I've noticed is the people who come in through a free like channel of just like hopping in, 
there's one more step we have to take in order for Mm -hmm. us to be able to get them to actually convert as opposed to people who like join and have my top five emails offer. They're already one step closer to being able to convert into a different offer. Yeah, that's really interesting because you've kind of just like cut the time frame a little bit in that. And you've tested it. Like you've been doing this for years. So like you've probably already done hundreds of freebies and <laughs> gotten those people on. So, you know, I mean, that's something I'm doing for my list personally as well right now is I'm getting ready to do a list cleanup. Just to, you know, I, I want, we're going to hop a lot into talking about open rates and click-through rates and things like that. But just to make sure, like, I feel like some people have been on my list for a while and they, maybe they came from this before I even started the podcast. And now I'm just, you know, promoting the podcast and sometimes my offers. And, you know, I feel like I want people who really want to hear from me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I cut the list in half even. <laughs> like, it's not a vanity metric. It's about, can I get those people to connect with me? You know, I know one of the things you talk about is having profitable conversations within your emails. And I love that concept of a conversation, right? Yep. Oh my gosh, 100%. And, you know, this is something that I actually did an IG live interview the other day with someone about is like the whole idea and concept of like needing to have 5,000 subscribers to feel successful within email marketing. And, you know, a lot of times it's very much so seen as another vanity metric, just like social media following, like, well, once you have 5,000, you're successful enough to be on my summit or my speak, like whatever that may be. And I'm so glad you said that. And it's so not true at all. And, you know, as someone who has been there, I have literally gotten to the point of booking with this person for a summit, a talk, a thing. And they're like, okay, cool. So you're going to send this email out to your list of 5,000 people. And I'm like, Well, no, like I, I'm like, I live in integrity and honesty. And I'm like, I don't have that amount of subscribers. And the reason why I don't is specifically because I clean my list regularly. Like I am making sure that the people that are on my list are the people who actually want to be there. And that's why I have close to almost a 45, 50% open rate consistently across my emails because the people who are there actually want to be there. And I don't believe in just like spamming and like being like, I'm going to collect all of these people because what ends up happening is that your deliverability isn't going to be as great. Your engagement's not going to be great. And like at the end of the day, if I were to send a summit email out to these people, they wouldn't even like if my open rate isn't done, like if it's not done properly, I should say, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you can definitely have a larger list and like a lot of my clients have really, really large lists that are engaged because they built them properly and over time they've like gone through the process of taking out those who aren't. And so along with that, I think it's really incredibly important to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success in the first round, because that's what allows for you to have more conversations with your people when you're constantly taking out those who no longer want to have that with you. Oh my gosh. So, so many things in there. First of all, I was just got a summit email this week and they were like, you have to have 4,000 people on your list. And I was like, I get that they're trying to judge the I don't know if it's the quality of their speakers by that, but I was like, okay, that's just making me who has a lot to say and a lot to offer, not contribute, like not even come up against it. Right. So those metrics do exist, you know, for other people in that. And I love that you just reinforce that idea of list cleaning and Mm -hmm. to be able to get those higher open rates. I do that 
with some of the clients I work with. And it's like, we're so targeted with what we're sending. And I'm like, I, I always, I, you know, it's funny because sometimes they don't even realize and I'm in their emails being like, you know, 60% people open this. <laughs> like I'm like yeah. gushing and, you know, uh, but it's really about being targeted and also giving them the information that they want, right? Like, so yeah. let's talk a little bit more about that content. Cause like you talk about these profitable conversations. So like, how do those come about? Yeah. So there's a lot of intentionality behind each and everything. So, you know, when I work with my clients specifically, like I always first and foremost start out with outlines that outline the purpose of the email, the three main bullet points, and then the CTA. And from there, we can easily take a look at that email and say, this is what we want to send out. This is the message. Who do we need to send this out to? And so, you know, sometimes it can be a combination of depending on what the business is, we may just have it as simple as like, these are our most engaged contacts. I'm going to send it out to them because like, Mm. this is like perfect for them to jump on first. It could be more so of like, this is just value based. I want everyone to read it. So it gets sent out to everybody. You know, the thing that I truly believe within like profitable conversations and like thinking about that with an email a lot of it has to do with the context of the like the relationship that you've had thus far. You know, the biggest thing that I see is a lot of people, and I'm like on so many email lists from studying other people and what they do. Yeah, I love and that. So yes. often, like I'll see, <laughs> I'll get like my first welcome email because I like opted into something. And then I won't get an email until there's a sale, there's a promotion, there's a thing, there's an ask, and there's no relationship in between. And so it's really incredibly important that you understand the journey that they're on and have something very intentionally set up to establish not just the no like, and trust, but to really just focus on going through those stages of that relationship and at the same time too, prepping them to become your next best customer. Love that. And I just had a conversation with a client about this yesterday because we are setting up a new welcome sequence for an opt-in and Mm -hmm. I've got these emails and we were kind of not arguing, but debating about spacing, like what is the spacing of those emails? You know, like the first two go because there's one that's immediate, right? Like here's the thing that you're getting again. And the next day it was like, hey, here's the thing again. Did you get into it just to make sure and all of that? And then there's a series of value and get to know them emails and, you know, all of those type of things. Um, Do you have any insight on that? Like I felt like we also... And I don't want to talk about this in a, you'll understand what I mean. Like, I want to train people to open the emails, you know? So yep. I don't want them to forget who they, who the person is, right? So like the first day you get the email, they just signed up. That email comes. And the next day. So maybe the first few emails, I like to send each day consecutive. Not to like over, and, and two of them are delivery emails, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I like to space them out like a day or whatever. So Do you have any insight on that? Because like, you don't want to be like, I also want to train people like, we're only going to email you weekly or bi-weekly. So like here, I'm giving you this series of emails that are kind of coming every day and every other day, but I'm not going to do that forever. So here's the biggest thing, you know, there's, it comes back to your ideal client and how you can serve them best. So I'm going to take like, for an example, like me as a mom, like if you were to send me a PDF on how to better organize my kitchen, just literally as an example. Like for me, I'm probably like, if I'm coming to your opt-in and I found you, I'm probably in the thinking slash planning mode of that. And I'm like curious. I'm like, ooh, these are some great tips to be able to help me. So I would definitely expect if I were to go through the process of opting in, that I'll get that immediate welcome email. 
Now that follow-up email, that secondary email, you could definitely play with it. It could be really good to send it next day, see how people respond to it. You can even ask in that email, like, you know, was this helpful for you? Like, did you need this reminder? Like, hey, so do I, let me know, you know, so that way I know how to best serve you. But within that, like, if you're sending over a 20 page, and this is just an example, but like a 20 page PDF, I would not be sending a next day reminder. There's probably no freaking way I've even looked at it, especially with my- Oh, totally, totally. And so the biggest thing is, is that when you think about even your opt-in, like it has to be optimized for your ideal client and what they can't actually commit to. We oftentimes think that, oh my gosh, I'm going to give away this 20 module course for free. Listen, like I'm probably like going to be super overwhelmed. I'm going to be very much so like, okay, this is great, but where, how can you actually solve? It's probably going to be way too wide and like not actually give me any tangible result. And I'm going to just feel overwhelmed. I'm not going to do the content. And then like, it's just going to be a loss of a relationship. So like it starts with the opt-in, making sure that that's targeted and very, very intentionally created for your person. And then your follow-up is going to go off of that. And so essentially what I like to do is I like to do the initial email. I usually follow up three days later, sometimes two, depending on what the context is. But the biggest thing is, is that I want to start, yes, I want to train them, but I also want to give them space because for me, space is so incredibly important in my life to be able to have time for me to digest, to come back and do the things. And I also want people to feel extremely safe with me and knowing that there's no pressure. Like there's no pressure when you get on a sales call. There's no pressure when we're in the DMs. Like I don't even want to create that in the space of my emails. And so usually I'll do every three days, unless I'm specifically saying, I'm going to send this to you tomorrow because this is going to really feed into it and make it helpful. Otherwise, I always do three days. And then what I like to do within that welcome sequence is I always give them a little bit of tidbit for the next thing. And so everything links back to the opt-in and ensuring that I'm giving them what they need to actually complete the opt-in. Because if I can get someone to actually take the opt-in and run with it and complete it and do the things, I have one, right? There doesn't usually need to be like, and this is something I've been transitioning out of, which is like telling them my whole life story so I feel relatable or going through the process of being able to like share all the things. Like all you have to do is complete the opt-in. Like that's all you have to do. And once you do that, like we're golden, like we're went, like you're going to see that transformation and that result. And it's going to be a no brainer to work with me. And so using them as reminders, using them as being able to just pull them back is going to make the biggest difference. And then at the end of that, like once you've kind of completed that journey, you'll do a transition email. That transition email will then give them the context and know that like, hey, now we're going to go move to weekly. But you can always set the expectation up front in that first email and say, hey, I'm going to email you every three days to just check in with you, give you space, give you time and all that. And so that way you're setting the expectation up front and then you're setting it at the end moving forward. I love that. And yes, totally agree. I love the whole set the expectation because you are, there are two modes. There's the welcome Mm -hmm. mode. And in there, I usually do say like, hey, I'm going to hop back in your inbox tomorrow or the next day or whatever it is, right? Just to let them know. But that transition piece, that is really smart. Just so that it's like, hey, this is kind of the end of this piece. And we go to weekly from there. And it also brings up the whole idea of segmenting as well, like really Mm -hmm. being smart about your segmentation. So when someone is in a a welcome sequence, like they're not getting the weekly email that might happen to come out on a Wednesday or whatever day it is, because then they might get two emails in one day. And, you know, I'm really cautious about not wanting to bombard them in that way, you know, and I, I really like the whole piece about who is your audience? Because 
mm-hmm. when people come to them, like they're not just curious, they're like in problem mode, right? Like depending on what, so like you have to gauge that content and that timing off of like, I'm here for you. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Those type of things. So oh, I love yeah, that. Totally. All right. So I have been dying to hear about, you know, how you're getting people to open and, you know, open these emails because you can't have a conversation in there with them without getting to open them. And that's really the biggest piece. I mean, we did touch on like cleaning your list so that you've only got people who really want to hear what you've got to say. And I'm actually so excited to do that because I'm like, (laughs) I just want to see the results after I'm like, whoop, half of you gone. Okay. Or, you know, and I'm going to do a whole like, I'm going to do this. If you want to stay, let me know. If not, you know, if you're just lurking, that's okay too, but let me know. So let's talk about like, what do you do to increase open and click-through rates, you know, in your community of the people who've subscribed to you and want to hear from you? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think the biggest thing is, is understanding like open rates, first and foremost, they are 50% the relationship that you have with your subscriber and 50% actually the subject line. You know, a lot of times what ends up happening is we just focus on the subject line thinking if we just have the perfect hook, if we just have the perfect headline, we just have the perfect, you know, text to put in that box, that's going to create all of these opens. And in reality, people are generally speaking, when they're looking in their inbox, I don't know about you, I personally always look at the name. Like I'm looking in my inbox at the names. I'm not even looking at the subject lines until I look at the names and see, oh, okay, cool. Like who do I know? Oh, this is a client. This is this. This is a bill. Like da 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 all of that. And then from there, I then pull over. If I see somebody, I'm like, Elena Johnson, who's that? And then I look over and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, then I go to the subject line and then that gives me clarity or reminds me or intrigues me and then has me do action. And so making sure that like, it's not just about what happens inside of the inbox. It's also what happens on social media and in other places you interact with people as well too. So making sure that you're always responding to your DMs, your comments, like being a good human outside of email is also really important to your open rates as well. Now for the other side, which is your actual subject lines. Yeah. It's the other 50%. It still weighs on how people will interact with your emails. And so for me, I have transitioned away from any headline-based emails, like the three ways to da-da-da-da-da. Like those are blog posts. Like that is not something that I put in emails. Excuse me. I actually more so focus on the conversational, the ones that um, are going to intrigue interest. My top subject line of all times is literally just, hey, that is it. And a lot of times what ends up happening... Yeah, super simple, but very effective right. because most people are like, hey, what? Like, what, what's what's going on? What are you talking about? And then it opened, like, there was a specific strategy behind the email that was inside that linked back to it. But, mm-hmm. you know, just like staying in the subject line view, like being able to create short and punchy headlines that intrigue interest that aren't deceptive. Like, I would never put, like, your invoices due regarding your appointment. Like, oh my gosh, I've I seen mean, them yes. and they are not what we need to do. And so short, punchy subject lines are what I really like. Look at other people's emails. Like that's also something that can be really helpful for you too, is go through the process of looking at your inbox and seeing what emails are like intriguing to you and what the subject line looks like. Are they long? Are they short? What does even the preview text say that also links to it? And so bringing that all together, it's really just about your relationship with the subscriber and then going through the process of being able to create those short, punchy lines. Your click rates won't improve until your open rates improve. So (laughs) focusing on your open rates is number one. 
And if you're doing those things and you're just like, something's still not working, look at your deliverability. I highly recommend GlockApps.com. Go check that out. It's a deliverability tool that will give you really good stats in regards to it being able to bring that all together for you. And then reach out to your email marketing platform. They want you to be successful on their platform. So reach out to them, have their deliverability team, look at your emails, look at what you're doing and all the things. And then from there, you'll be able to essentially get a better understanding and perspective if it's a deliverability issue that you can improve, something happened, or on the flip side, if it is um, something else. That's awesome. Wow, those are great suggestions. I really do like the going back through your own email list and seeing what you're drawn to because as you were talking, especially with some of those um, trickery ones, where I'm like, sometimes I'm like, uh, no, that doesn't sit well with me. Or, you know, or I'm like, I don't even want to open that because, or I mean, and I know a lot of people do this and I don't mean to take an example and bash people, but I'm like, I'm sharing this one secret that I've never shared before type of thing. And I'm like, I get that, but I'm also <laughs> like, okay, like, you know, when you, I guess maybe it's also the, I've seen it out there, yeah. right? Where I oh, feel yeah. like maybe there's another way you could have said that story to me rather than that, right? To get me to to read your story and your piece. So I think to be conscious of what your content is and so it relates And, you know, but I know people kind of go back to those type of things because they want people to open them. I was just reading a, uh, a post in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in and they were talking, having a whole conversation about people saying re, R-E, you know, like that's their subject line. And to make you think like you're in a conversation with them or something, or you're, they're responding to you in some way. And I was like, oh, that's just like, that doesn't make you want to engage with that person, right? When you open an email and then feel like this isn't anything like important to me. (laughs) This is like a sales pitch or something like that, right? It's Well, and that's also too, like you have to understand when people are in their inbox, like there's so much that goes into this that like you have to consider is like when people are in their inbox, they're wanting to know what does this have to do with me and how can I like, how is this going to help me? And so while yes, sales, like selling is serving 110%. Like I fully believe that along with it as well too, is like when you're structuring, when you're writing, when you're even thinking about what your email is going to be, you have to think about how can I quickly get somebody's attention in a fast paced world where everyone's scrolling to the next thing in the blink of a finger. Yeah. I mean, and we are all doing that constantly. yeah. Is there any mindset on like entering a sales cycle of things? Like, you know, if you're always doing content and sharing and, you know, and then going into a sales cycle, like, you know, I've seen people do the, hey, if you want to opt out of this, like you can, it's right at the top and you won't get those, that set of emails. Or is there any sort of psychology on that transition in terms of being like, hey, I have not, like for myself personally, I don't really sell in my emails. Like I have just, like people contact me or I might mention something, but I really am talking a lot about the podcast. So if I'm all of a sudden going into a sell series, like that is a different, a, a, diff, a content jump for yep. my audience. So do you have any insight on that when you're kind of giving value than going into a sales cycle? Yeah, set expectations. You know, there's a huge piece of it that a lot of times, yeah, it can definitely be like a super shock when you're giving value, 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 value. And then all of a sudden you're like, sales sequence, 
Right, right, right. Like it can be as easy as just adding it into your PS. PS, I have something super exciting that I'm going to be sharing with you super soon. PS, like this is like only a couple days away. Keep your eyes out for the first email if you're looking for X result that the offer provides. And so that gives you a really good way to set expectations before to pivot in. And then from there, what you can do is down at the bottom of your emails, you can actually create a tag with a link that basically states, hey, this offer isn't for you. No big deal. Like, you can actually pause on these emails and still remain on my email list. So that saves you from unsubscribes due to being in a sales sequence. And then also at the same time too, it allows for people to self-segment them out of an offer that doesn't fit them. Oh, yes. I love that. And I've seen that. I've seen people do it right at the top though, rather than in the PS. So it's kind of like, hey, I'm coming into a sales period. And if you already own this product or if this product isn't for you, click here. And I love that whole self-segmenting piece because that Mm -hmm. is data that tells us so much about our audience and what they want. And if they're the right fit, should you be following up, how to exclude. And and that's why it's also really important to have an email service provider that allows you the flexibility to work in all of those ways and to understand how to do that, like using tags and being able to exclude people and really going into that that type of segmenting, you know, because a lot of times people are just like, I'm sending it to my list, the whole list, the whole time. And I really truly believe that the relationship building in those conversations happen so much better when you've targeted who you want to speak to. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's oftentimes just called like the spray method where you just spray the entire list with the thing. (laughs) And I like, as an email person, I am very sensitive to that where I remember I bought an offer and then the next day I got added to her email list. And then from there, what ended up happening is once I got added into her email list, I ended up getting a sales email for that offer. And I was like, guys, come on. Like you are using, I knew a platform they were using. They're using Kajabi. And I'm like, bro, it's so easy just to go through and segment out people who have X offer. Like Kajabi is the easiest platform to do it in, you know, specifically for that. But, you know, within all of it, it's just really about taking that extra step, providing that intentionality. And it really makes a difference based off of someone's experience. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, It goes back to the customer journey. You know, I talk a lot about that with my clients, like thinking what you want to have happen. So what do you want to have happen after purchase? You want that person to get a different series of emails that are getting them to engage with the product, not to buy the product again, right? So you want to think about that customer journey and set things up along the way so that you're being very intentional about things along the way in terms of, what you're communicating. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's all just about intentionality. That's like the word of the year here, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let us know um, where we can find you, what you've got for everyone. Give us a little bit of what's the best place to follow you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. So if you are just interested in diving more into email marketing, if you're like, oh my gosh, like let's, let's dive into all the things. You can definitely pop on over to my Instagram at Ashley K. DeLuca. I would definitely love to be able to share more with you in regards to just with all things email marketing, deeper into all of the pieces while also showing you a glimpse of my life as well, too. You do so many good reels over there. Oh. I was like, spend some time <laughs> yeah. on your feed. I'm like, there's so much. You're like a, a great example of how to use video as well. Oh, Simple. I appreciate that. Face forward. <laughs> Not, you know, yeah. you don't have to do all the things. 
No, not at all. And I think that's one thing as well is I have really just embraced keeping things simple within my business. And for me, making reels feels really good. And so within that, like I just create a lot of reels over there and also show up in stories. So yeah. That's super cool. And a, and a glimpse into your family life and what you do. It's like a little bit of a peek and nice to see like the whole person. Oh yeah, totally. A hundred percent. I'll be sure to include the links to that and also to your teach me email, your top five um, emails offer that you have. Yeah. So everybody can go check that out. We'll have all of those in the show notes. This was super interesting. You really even like brought up some good points to start thinking about in things and, and really gave a lot of knowledge here. So I want to thank you so much for spending your time here with us today. And everybody go check Ashley out. You'll love her reels. You'll love to see what she's doing. And she's got a ton of content that you can dive into and knowledge. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. (laughs) See ya. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.